0: I want to know if uh, uh, July 20th is circled on your calendar. You know what July 20th
1: is? It might be one of the three times we play BC Lions, if that's (laughs) why you're asking that. That is correct. That's the one game the CFL don't want to have me mic'd up. You are now listening to
2: The Waggle, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League.
0: That's right, that's right. This is The Waggle, brought to you by CFL.ca, brought to you by Sport Clips, and brought to you by myself, Donovan Bennett, and the homie, Davis Sanchez. And Davis, today, The Waggle is a bit different. The Waggle meets the Manny Show, as we have Manny on with us. Always a lot of personality
2: with Manny Arsenal, so look forward to catching up with Manny, talking about his departure
0: from B.C., and now landing with the Green Riders. He mentioned personality and wide receivers, number one wide receivers, have personality, although sometimes that manifests itself in a positive way or a negative way. Deron Carter, the musician, are, are you a voice judge? Are you turning your chair around for Deron Carter? Not the receiver, but the musical artist. Uh,
2: anything that Deron Carter puts out, I'm, I'm going to listen to it because uh, I'm, I'm always interested in what... DC has to say his new rap tune, uh, what's it? Uh, Miami Vice. He's a yes. Florida guy, so Miami Vice is the the name of the song he put out. He's, he talks about Sunday nights at Live in South Beach. You been to Live, DJ? I have not. No, Live is uh Live is definitely a, a spot. He also talks about his love for T Dot, and if, when he slides away on a vacay, he spends a few
0: days in the six. He says it, it's the off season, but the league never really sleeps. We still have some news. We actually talked about free agency and free agency signings last couple weeks, actually, and we talked about the fact that there were some guys who signed in the Alliance League, the AF, that surprised us. Cianti Evans surprised us because, I mean, your boy can play. He was a CFL all-star multiple times over the last two years. Uh, we, we talked about... Charles signing, and he's a Canadian in an important position, and the fact that guy with an NFL pedigree, you'd think he'd be able to find a home in the CFL. And so was that sign a bit threatening, especially in the economics of the league as they are, quarterbacks making all that money, not a lot of room for other impact guys to, to get, as Milt Stiegel loves to say, broke off. You actually went to the source and followed up our speculation last week and talked to those guys. What did you find out?
2: We wondered what the alliance would mean for the Canadian Football League, and if after watching a few weeks, there is uh, it's not it's not comparable right now. The CFL is just a better brand of football, and I'm not saying that uh, because I work at the league. It just it just is what it is. It's just it's just better. Uh, you see by the i mean looking looking at looking at what i've seen from uh, obviously week 1 you always get interest uh, because it's week 1 and people want to know what it's all about but after that uh, watching the broadcast the broadcast is no comparison in looking at the broadcast watching the game and then to what's on the field but that's because it's a brand new league these guys have been together for a few weeks and it's it's not at the level, and, and I don't see it getting there anytime soon. My point to to, to that was who, which players uh, would possibly uh, vacate and, and head to the alliance and, and not go to the CFL. And and I said that I didn't think that any of uh, the star players or even uh, sorry starting players uh, were going to be those guys because you you'll make a better good players are going to make a better living in the CFL. That's why we brought up Stephen Charles and Sianta Evans. They were the only two guys. There are guys playing in the AAF, they played in the CFL, but those guys were guys, to be quite frank, that were going to have a tough time making CFL rosters for the most part, not guys who uh, were were shoe-ins to to be on CFL teams. There's also a lot of guys who've been cut from the CFL that are playing in the AAF. But Sianta Evans is an all-star, and so why Sianta Evans? Uh, Stephen Charles is a Canadian who is going to make, you know, a Canadian who's played five years in the NFL – He's going to get paid. Why would he choose the AF to make seventy something thousand dollars? Well, I reached out to Siante because I, I was curious. He's the first All Star that we see that's that's gone down there. And is reasoning: uh, he, he loved it up here. He wants. He actually wanted to to be here. He had. He has a family situation back home where he wanted to be near his father, who was having some health issues, and he wanted to exhaust his NFL opportunities, which make complete sense if he made the point that and I talked to him this week, where it, the season's already three weeks in. So he can now, as a free agent in February 15th, he can now play a season starting now that's seven weeks long, and now he can go to the NFL after seven weeks from now, where the CFL in seven weeks wouldn't even have started yet. So I, it makes sense to me. If you're a free agent, completely a complete free agent, not an option or or just a complete free agent, and you have NFL aspirations. I could kind of see that because now he's getting he's double getting double paychecks. He made CFL money with Stamp this year and playoff money. Now he's playing a new season right now, and by the time that season's over, he has a, he can go to NFL camp. The only problem is he's stuck in the AAF for the next three years if he doesn't get an NFL shot, and because it's a three year deal. So now – and he would have made a lot more than the $70,000 he's going to make in the AAFL, AAF than he would as an all-star player in Canada. Siante's reasoning was that he doesn't mind working a real job. If he doesn't make the NFL, he's happy to work. He said, I like working. I don't mind. If I don't like what's going on in football, I will go work. So that was what he's doing. He said, I'll take an NFL shot. Stefan Charles, on the other hand, who is a Canadian, who some know he played at University of Regina, five years in the NFL – now he's been out of the league. This is a guy who's going to demand a good a good salary as a ratio changing, a ratio changing Canadian player. These are the guys who get paid. DJ, you know, you see these guys getting you know two hundred thousand dollars. And I, I asked him because I was really surprised to see him sign and not come back home. And he said he wanted to come back and play in Canada and would have done it for any any offer that made sense to him. The Edmonton Eskimos own his rights, and here's where this uh, comes into play with owning the rights. He's not allowed to negotiate. He's not a free agent. He's not allowed to negotiate with anybody else in the Canadian Football League, strictly the Eskimos. And what the Eskimos were willing to do with him, they were offering him not ratio-changing starting Canadian money in his mind. They were offering him some of the rookie contracts. So what a rookie out of CIS would do because he's never played in the CFL and he has no—he's not a free agent. Doesn't have the rights to negotiate with other teams. So that was his reason for saying, "You know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go play in the Alliance because I'm a ratio-breaking Canadian who should be making up." He 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 named Enoch Mawamba. He named Doug Brown. Uh, he named guys that are uh, defensive players uh, that are Canadians that the money they made. And he said, "Why would I come in and play for rookie a rookie salary?" So the Eskimos kind of have him. Uh, in, a, in a tough situation because they own his rights and he's not allowed. If he was a free agent on the open market, I believe he'd be playing in Canada right now. And I, I, that's tough for us as 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 fans of the league because that's a Canadian kid. He's, he's from Toronto, grew up here, played in the NFL. We like to have him in the league. And because of Eskimos owning his rights, uh, he's not allowed to talk to Toronto or talk to B.C. or talk to other places, Saskatchewan where he's lived and, and play there. The three-year
0: deal is what makes all of this interesting because it's not just a, a one-and-done situation. It's not like the WNBA where I could go play in Europe and I could come back to WNBA and so on and so forth. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that between Sionte Evans and Svon Charles, they're going to end their careers playing football in a league that ends in FL. It could be NFL. It could be CFL. But I don't think their last football is going to be played in the Alliance. And I, you know jokingly, you know, on this podcast last week, called the Alliance the fire festival of football. Although I'm being facetious in a way, what is real is The Athletic reported that the league is running short on cash already, $250 million investment from Tom Dundon, who is the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Who that type of investment. You quickly become the chairman of the league. Um, and already bookmakers are have odds. Will the Alliance of American Football finish their first season? Yes, minus 1,200. No, plus 600. Well, the Alliance of American Football start their second season. Yes, minus 180. No. Plus one fifty, and so do I necessarily want to lay some of my money on these bets? No, but I think
2: yes, just, minus one fifty. That's only <laughs> that's only one. They're only Vegas is sharp, and Vegas is saying only one point five to one odds that they're going to start their season next year. That's that's uh, that would be I would be scared if I was a, a player or somebody invested in that league.
0: Well, Vegas is not looking to give away money. No, the strip was built literally by the house winning. And so I say all that to say, and, and, and you rightfully said this last week, that we want more football, that football thriving is good for everybody. We're not, yeah, when,
2: I'm not hating here. I, I'm, I want the league to succeed because, like you say, it's, we, there's more jobs for everybody.
0: I might be hating. I'm, I'm skeptical <laughs> with a, a tone of hatred in my voice. And no, I mean, in all seriousness, I, I think that it is a viable in-between for guys. And, you know, if the NFL decides to invest, which I think the alliance hopes happens and makes it a literal minor league, then that will give it some some profit and some cash flow. But I mean, if you look at stadiums, if you do some digging on the TV deal, it's, the economics don't necessarily make sense over a long period of time, which is why contract or not, I wouldn't be surprised if those guys end up either back in the CFL before the end of this three year deal or They end up in the NFL because they're good players. And given the competition that they're going to be playing against, I think they're going to ball out. But I think the important point is more football is good, whether it is in this country, whether it's in... The international leagues that we've seen in the leagues have deals with you know Nordic countries and Mexico and most recently Italy and Germany or whether it's south of the board. I think more football leagues are good, especially for the players to have agency because they get a little bit more leverage when there are other places for them to ply their trade. The XFL is 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 soon on the way, so I think it is something worth watching and monitoring if you're a CFL fan. But but I think what's nice is that you were able to go straight to those guys and get the context of what their personal situations... Because, yeah, three years and, and 250 a year for everyone in the league, that sounds pretty good. You just got to make sure that you end up getting to year three.
2: And that tells us that... And this was something that people were concerned with. That tells us that... It tells me for sure that the league... There's nobody in the league that is good Good CFL players that are choosing the alliance over the CFL. And that was a conversation in the offseason of, of what and people would speculate what may happen and is it going to be competition? Well, there's, your, your answer is no, nobody. There isn't anybody right now who has left the CFL who was, a, who was an all-star player who were, who were dominant players in the league because there was a whole lot of free agents this year, D.J., whole lot, 230 of them. So how come if it was going to be competition and some of these guys were going to go to the Alliance League and leave the CFL for all the CFL haters, how come none of these guys left? None of them. They were all free and allowed to go, and they didn't. And for the people who report or reporting that this guy had gone to the Alliance and this guy had gone to the Alliance, well, when you look at the guys who who have gone, they're guys who were on and off rosters last year, and it does, it's, not, it's not the same.
0: Right. The other thing we've seen... There's a lot of guys signing one-year deals. A lot of guys betting on themselves. Maybe they blow up, get a better year next year when the free agent class isn't clouded with three premier quarterbacks taking all of the disposable money. money? Also, though, if we're being honest, I think a lot of guys saying, well, I'm not really ready to make the jump to the alliance right now, and I don't know what the XFL is going to look like in the year, so let, let me just take a one-year deal, make sure I have a good year, and, and survey my options both in the CFL and maybe in the NFL and, and beyond in the United States. There are some guys still available. KG is one of them who I thought would be signed by now. Marcus Ball, I thought, would be signed by now. Uh, happy to see Brandon Bridge sign in Toronto. I actually think even though there's lots of competition in that quarterback room with no real established guy, I think he, he's got a platform to succeed because he's an off-script quarterback. And I think giving him a a, a talent like Darrell Walker, who is an off-script receiver and in a big play receiver and a guy who catches contested balls um, would be good for for Bridge. Who is someone still out there that you could be like, oh, that could be a nice low-key signing, the way I thought Bridge was for Toronto? Vidal Hazelton.
2: Oh, yeah. S- somebody who I've always admired his, his skill set and certainly would he brings juice to any lineup he's he's, he's quick and and uh, and a player that's that's one for sure there's i mean the quarterback spot i think is the biggest javon Elifoye as well mm-hmm. that's that's big o is is a is a you know he's been one of the best linemen in this league best tackles for a long time he's obviously uh, he's all he's 31 years old so he's not even that old but he has had some injury issues concern would be can he make it through a whole season? Well, I have spoke to Javon. He is healthy. He's running. He's feels in, in great shape. And speaking to his teammates last year, they said that he was playing at a at a level to where he could be an all-star if, if he was healthy through the whole season. Now, if you're willing to... And someone's going to do it, because why wouldn't you? If you can give him rest and say... Because he's dominant when healthy. If you can give him rest and say... Maybe he plays three weeks and takes a week off if he needs it, if there's no bye week, or if it's a short week, he doesn't play. You can do that. If you want to have a dominant guy who's he's only 31 and have him on your roster and have a strong left tackle, right tackle, if you need one, you've got a guy that you, can, you just have to manage him. So you know, that's not a team's number one option to do that, but if you don't have a guy and he's better than the guy you have, let your young guy develop. Let him play a few games here and there to spell – Javon, but then you still have him. That's that I think is is something that is legitimately going to be an option for some for some team at some point.
0: The commissioner has been pretty busy. We we gave you a little waggle extra on what he was up to in terms of CFL 2.0. My guy's been working hard. Been all over the place. If you haven't listened to that pod yet, after you listen to this one scroll up in your iTunes or Spotify. Make sure you listen to that one as well. Also, another waggle extra is I sat down with Chuck Ealy, Damon Allen, Trey Ford, three black quarterbacks, two African – American, one African Canadian, about the ascension of the position specifically in the CFL and what the CFL has done for for black quarterbacks. Make sure you listen to that. You know that we, we did that for Black History Month and it was an awesome conversation. I mentioned Ambrose even busy. He's on the road right now talking to fans. Um, while on the road, I'm pretty sure he's hitting up a sport clips. I'm pretty sure he's making sure he gets that MVP experience, that shoulder, that neck massage, that precision haircut, because it looks pretty clean. Hot steam towel, that's something I'm down with I'm sure he does it as well And also, while all that goes down My guy has the sports on TV There is no better way to get clean than Other than go through Check out our friends at Sport Clips CFL.ca slash TheWaggle Is where you can obviously check out this podcast But you can also get yourself a nice little experience Free on us, on the house Courtesy of our friends at Sport Clips And Sportclips.ca is where you can figure out where the location is nearest you. And also, that little free haircut for first-time customers only. No double dipping. No double dipping. I mentioned that road trip that he's on, and there's a bit of news that was dropped from it that actually you you brought to my attention, and I think it's noteworthy. And it was the fact that the commissioner is getting some feedback, doing his reconnaissance— about Saturday playoff games and if that will be more attractive and convenient to the CFL fan now, I, I have some thoughts about this but this is something that you have thought about for a while you've you've beat the table over your stance on moving playoff games to Saturdays from Sundays
2: I've been advocating moving all After after September first, moving all CFL games from Sundays to Saturdays. Get rid of those Sunday games, and and this includes the playoffs, obviously. And I just I feel there's so many football fans, DJ, that don't don't. I don't want to put fans. I don't think we should put football fans in a situation where they have to choose between the NFL Sundays and the CFL. If you're fans, because I know a lot, I know a lot of my friends, a lot of people that uh, I talk to, they are huge NFL fans. And if, if you have to, uh, some of those guys will watch NFL instead. So if you don't, they're not big in Canada, at least. You're not a lot of huge college football fans.
0: Agree? Yeah, no, the, the, the TV numbers back that up. So you're
2: not dealing with college football as much on Saturdays. So you have, you're not competing with another football league. That is the biggest league in the world. And I think that's, that to me is, is the number one. And then when you're talking playoffs, now you have, you know, our biggest weekends back to back of the year. And you want to play that game without having some marquee NFL matchup that might have to go heads up against that, that some NFL or football fans might be inclined to watch. I just think you're, You know, tradition is one thing, and and that's, and it's important. And you don't want to, you don't want to dismiss tradition, but you also have to do what's best for the game and and economics of the game. And if that's what people are saying, it's going to drive some numbers, and that's what the commission comes with. I I'm all for it, and I I feel like other than what other reason DJ is there to to change it, other than. Tradition? What other reason is there to not move the game to Saturday?
0: Well, I agree, and I hate when people do things a certain way because that's the way it was done before, right? I how about we do things the way they should be done right now, not just for tradition's sake, as you said. And although I think I am for it, I am I, generally for it. If I had to vote right now, pro or con, I think I would vote pro. But I think it's something that you really have to think about and look at the the unintended uh, potential outcomes. And and this is what I mean by that. You move the games to Saturday. Okay, great. On the, the sport in this country that's on Saturday is also Canadian college football. And so thousands of fans every week go out to their local universities and, and watch football. That, those Canadian university football fans are CFL fans. There, there, there are... I, find me someone who's a fan of U sports football that isn't a fan of CFL football. Great point. There is the opposite. There are people who are CFL fans who aren't U sports fans. And so whenever, and this is more so during the regular season, whenever there are Saturday games head-to-head head against virtually the entire U sports schedule, because most of the games are played Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern and, and, and 4 p.m. Eastern or, or 1 p.m. Pacific, you're you're then saying to thousands of football fans, "I want to." Ch- you have to choose which Canadian football you're going to support. So there's been sometimes when McMaster and the the Tiger Cats are playing at the same time in the same city. I'm like, this does not make any sense. So so I think there's. You shooting- mean for the? Are you talking for the gate audience or television here? Well, both, but more, but more so the gate because that's what we're terrible. talking about. But, but really, no, both. No, because television
2: audience. It would affect one game, I'm, you know, because you still have your Thursday night game. You still have your Friday yes. night football, yes, yes, Thursday yes. night football, Friday night football, and then Saturday. Yes. So you're not having to miss the whole
0: CFL week. But late in the year, I think what we're really concerned about is the gate because it's cold. Right. Because that's when those numbers go down. And so, so really both. So that's the one thing is how can we do this in concert? I mean, in the United States, they figured it out. Friday night, it's high school football. Saturday, it's college football. Sunday, it's NFL and you'll notice the NFL doesn't really start to dip into some Saturdays until late in the year when college has has died down for the most part and you're getting into ball season. And even when the NFL wanted an earlier game, they moved it to Thursday. They didn't mm-hmm. mess with Friday. They, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't mess with Saturday. And so I think it, it could happen, but it needs to be a, a, a Canadian football conversation so there's four that games. helps everyone.
2: What do you like? There's four games. Where would you ideally, without – you don't have the numbers in front of you. You don't, from the broadcasting standpoint, from stadium standpoint. There's got to be some. There's some tricky things you got to deal with. But if you could have your ideal four games, you can have two on a day if you want. How would you lay them out? Four games a week.
0: I would probably go. I'd probably go doubleheader Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday, and make the. What about Thursday night football? You don't like Thursdays. I do like Thursday, but Thursday night football is not throughout the year. So as soon but as why
2: can't, why can't it be? Well, you
0: need to talk to your friends at TSN. But we're but
2: we're saying <laughs> you well, don't ask us. me. This is us. This is our. We, we're deciding right now. Sure, we're but, running things in this in <laughs> on this the way this this
0: broadcast schedule is set up. Well, then the then the the NFL Thursday nighter has to go to TSN too, or has to go. Oh, to that's right. CTV. So that's, that's right. why. That's right. We have Thursday night football. On Thursdays until Thursday night yeah. football starts yeah. in the NFL, there's your answer. Yeah. Uh, now, Randy Ambrose has said that yeah. he doesn't really want to take a backseat to anybody. So, is there a a a way to have that conversation where, where both could exist? Maybe. I mean, my favorite Bible story is David and Goliath. Well, it's also so. You, so, I, so, I would I would maybe irrationally think that, oh, I got a slingshot and I can win this. <laughs> um, Malcolm Gladwell has made a lot of money just writing books about underdogs. The 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 other consideration, though, and let's and specifically around... I love the, the fact the that we're
2: talking about this and I love the fact that the league is talking about it, that TSN's yes. talking about it because yes. they're being progressive, the sure. fans are talking about it.
0: I think it's a great conversation. Yeah. It is, as Ambrosy has said before, and I agree with him, everything should be on the table.
2: Nothing it should it,
0: be above approach. And you said it when you started this off.
2: It's It's not a... Don't just do things because that's the way they used to be done. Yes.
0: The other thing, though, and we're talking about specifically the playoffs at this point. So pro, because so, some people are stuck in their ways. They're like, why, why change it? We have a good thing. I think the pro isn't when in, it's not as much a factor, let's say, in Toronto or Montreal, or Vancouver, where people are taking public transit to the games. And it, whether it's on a Friday or Saturday or Sunday, it's not really changing their social calendar that much. But in the prairies, in Calgary and Saskatchewan and Winnipeg you literally have Edmonton I don't want to leave anybody out you literally have people driving from across the province to go to games it's a full day event it's really a, it's a full day party and so if that game is on a Saturday we, we could turn up mm-hmm. we could get lit because I have Sunday to be a normal human being but it's a different ask especially not like in the in the summer people are taking time off anyways in the winter to, to get people to come all across the province, drive two, three, four, five hours in a car, tailgate for hours, watch the game, then get back in that car. And so that's why a Saturday in that context makes sense if we're talking about the gate and we're concerned because there's been some TV shots of playoff games where there are a couple empty seats. On the flip side is if you're talking about Saturday nights – You're going up against Hockey Night in Canada, which is uh, one of the strongest sports properties we have in this country, if not the strongest. So although you don't want to go up against the NFL maybe on Sundays because you don't want football fans to choose what football they're watching, you're also on Saturdays asking sports fans what – they're watching, and maybe a Habs fan wants to watch the Alouettes as well. Am I doing picture in picture? What am I doing? Am I streaming on my phone?
2: Season, season time, thir- one game Thursday, two games Friday night football, and Ste- one game Saturday. Season. Okay. That's what I like. through The season, the, the conversation. What you brought about about NFL on Thursday night football. That's a that's a question. You have to deal with those three, those three months of September through November, but and then the playoff DJ is is. I am not as worried. I wouldn't be as worried at a, for a playoff game, worrying about having to go up against Hockey Day in Canada or whoever it may be on for a for a one time. I think the numbers will tell me, as you stated, that those numbers for Hockey Day in Canada are monster. I'm looking at strictly from a football fan standpoint, and I, I would see it as if you're a football fan, you can give up at, and you can give up a. Uh, a hockey game, if you're a sports fan, for a playoff football game. But for football fans, might not give up NFL, a marquee NFL game for a playoff game.
0: And it's not mutually exclusive, right? We're talking about Hockey Night in Canada. Those games are 7 and 10 o'clock. There's no reason why on a Saturday you could have a 1 and a 4 right, o'clock right. kickoff. Then the question is, right, because there's ripple effect to all of this, are you having U-sports games at 1 and 4 o'clock that day? Are you having U-sports bowl games at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock that day? And then are you asking your newsrooms to decide, am I going to go cover this U Sports game? Am I going to cover this CFL game? And, and I think ultimately what the league is trying to do is to grow the game and asking people not to cover it at the amateur level um, would be, would, would be yeah, I think, a be, tough ask. Yeah, it would be counterintuitive what we're trying to do. Despite yeah, for your sure. face. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the great thing about it is we're having these conversations, so let us know. What do you think? And tweet at us. Uh, and not just us. Tweet at the commish. Because he's literally... Oh, great. You're going to flood the commission's box now. 100% of him. you going to have to scroll through those mentions. But he, he's, he's doing this...
2: He wants to know. He wants to hear from Because
0: he wants to know. That's why he has Randy's road trip. He wants to hear what people think. So let him know. I mean, he's having these town halls, but but Twitter and Instagram is our, our social... Town hall of the time. Let us know what you think um, about the games and when you want to see them. And and even other stuff like the Great Cup. Would you want to see the Great Cup Day moved? Would you want to see the Great Cup moved earlier in the calendar? All things that are on the table. They made the announcement that we know where the next couple Great Cups are going to be 2020. Rider Nation, stand up! We're coming to Mosaic 2021. Where we are going? Stand up to the hammer. We are going to. Is it, can I call it the donut? The do,
2: the donut. Tim Hornsfield.
0: Yeah. The, the, the donut Tim, Box. The, the, the Timbit box. We are going to Tiger Cat fans are going to be mad at me. We're going to go to Hamilton Hess Village. Get ready um the 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 next two and I love that we we got them both at the same time next two gray cups are set two of the most rabid fan bases that we have in the league and so aside from fans being able to check out two of the newer stadiums that we have in the league I'm excited for those fans and um those those players to have what will be a great atmosphere for for the games coming up in the in the next couple of years,
2: it's going to be interesting to see how the city of Hamilton works out for a breakup because because I look around at how it's how it's spread out, where it's going to be, where will central central CFL headquarters be? What street will they close off? We know how they do it in Sask. I have never been in Hamilton, so I look forward to that. I could drive back and forth day by day. That'll be nice for a Grey Cup week to actually be able to sleep in my own bed and get away from the madness for about eight hours.
0: We'll need a CFL laying on the QEW. Think just can so, pull that off? Just so, yeah, CFL people can get back and forth. No, it's, it's going to be cool, and the the group in Hamilton have hosted some Vanny e Cups at both Ivor Wynne and, and at Tim Hortons Field recently, so they've had like a dry run, like a little little soft opening, if you will, in terms of what a championship game would be like, but Grey Cup is a bit of a different animal because it's an entire week. I, I want to see what the lawn prices are going to be to park on someone's lawn mm. Grey Cup week. Like, what's the Grey Cup my markup?
2: Guy. I have my my lawn guy. I pay 20 and if he you think it's still going to be 20 if in 2021? I'll tell you what. If he jacks up my price, he's going to lose a customer for life. So he will he might get get an extra 100 bucks that day, but he just lost a friend
0: for life. <laughs> I think... I think the pierogies that they sell at the school where people park are going to be more expensive. I think I think the the entire weekend um, is going to be a celebration of football um, in that area. And outside of outside, I mean, I'm, I'm the GTA to me is number one. I'm biased, but outside of you've got the nation's capital, you've got London, Ontario, uh, and you've got kind of Van per capita. That area, in terms of turning out great football players, the the, the Golden Horseshoe area, if you will, Hamilton, Burlington, uh, Oakville, Stony Creek, um, they, there's, the, the league has had so many great players come f- from that area. Um, it'll be nice to see the greatest players um, the league has in terms of the two best teams play a great Cup uh, in, in Hamilton. Looking forward to it.
2: It'll be interesting. Interesting to see. Because when teams host the Grey Cup, they build that team. It's why it's of utmost importance to win that year. So, and he up, yeah, yes. So you and should and see up. them cultivating the this roster, this team for uh, 2020 for the Riders and 2021 for the Ticats. You'll see definitely a bigger push. There's a push to win every year. A bigger push. It's like this year's in Calgary. A little bit different for Calgary because they've been to the Great Cup every year for the last 17 years, right. so nothing's going to change. Actually, they've actually they don't not re- make a push. They're not making a push. They right. let everybody go except for the quarterback, but they don't need to – it's not of
0: utmost importance to make the Cup this year because they make it every year. Right. They, they don't uh, rebuild. They reload in Calgary. Mm. So we'll see how they reload. You mentioned ending up for a Great Cup. Mm. 2020 is announced. Also, the Riders brought in Manny. The Manny Show is going to Saskatchewan. I think they're getting ahead of their work. They're aiming up for 2020. They are armed with a number one receiver. Or is he a number one receiver? What does a number one receiver even mean? All of the answers from the Manny Show himself, Manny Arsenault, on the Waggle Podcast. Yeah, we got Manny Arsenal on the Waggle podcast. So the Manny show is going to Ryderville. What's that going to be like?
1: Hey, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be full of energy. Um, you know, the fans just have to wait and see. So, But no, nah, I'm looking to come to um, Regina, man, just full of energy, full of fun, and just do what it is I've been doing. I want to know...
0: I mean, I know that first game is going to be big, but I want to know if... Uh, if July 20th is circled on your calendar. You know what July 20th is?
1: It might be one of the three times we um, play BC Lions, if that's how that, you that. That huh? is correct. T- hey. t- tell me what that game is going to be like. Hey, you know, I got to keep it PG-13, but, um, <laughs> hey, it's going it, to be fun, man. You know, it's going to be fun looking to get the win, but it's going to be a whole lot of trash talking. That That's the one game the CFL don't want to have me mic'd up. Because um ain't no telling what might come out my mouth, but but nah, it's just I'm just looking to enjoy it, man. Is that the game at BC Place or is that the one um in Mosaic? No,
0: that's in Mosaic.
1: Okay, yeah. So yeah, you know what? Well, out of the three times, all of them gonna be a home game for me. So that's the good part. So uh, (laughs) um but nah, man. I if it's anybody, I'm trying to put a whooping on. It's definitely gonna be them. So yeah.
0: Well, a week later. You actually go to BC week seven, so for oh. that return match. So yeah. will will that trash talk be to the players? Will it be to the the people on the sidelines? Will it be to the front <laughs> office? Wh- who are you hey. really trying to put a whooping on?
1: Hey, I ain't sending no subliminal messages. So anything that I gotta say, I'm saying it to that person. So whether you you work upstairs and you on the sideline. Something going to be said, so it's going to strictly be on the field. You know, they ain't got to worry about no Twitter things going out, none of that. Just strictly for the field, the people that's out there. But, nah, man, it's just going to be exciting. And the guys that I'd have been practicing against, going against for the past several years, now it's for real. You know, when you sit in practice, you tell them what you'll do to them. So now they're going to actually going to have to cover me for real. So I'm looking forward to that. But, man, I'm just ready to play them boys, man.
0: You know what that's like, having to get ready to play against a guy like him.
2: Yeah, it's it's uh it's, it's going to be a handful, but it's going more interesting. The first thing Manny said was he, the TSN should not mic him up. I, <laughs> I I I beg to differ. I think that's a that's a must mic up. I'm throwing that out there right now. That's, that's uh, producers uh, Hines and Eddie. That's a must mic up game for sure. How obviously excited about going to Ryder? nation and being part of that organization and that team you know, before we move into that talk about you know the disappointment or you know how it came about that you're you know I know you wanted to end your career in BC obviously how did it come about were you guys close were you close to going back there
1: or were you man, how did that end Man, it's the sky Pink? <laughs> nah, it wasn't. <laughs> nah, it was just, man, the chances, um, you know, going back, man, was a big question mark. Um, I didn't have any talks with, um, upstairs to find out, you know what, man, it would bring you back or man, we're going to go a new direction. Whatever was said in the media, that's pretty much that all I knew. You know what? So after um a couple of interviews, you know, people that I'm close to in B.C. that work out that way would call and was like, hey, man, we heard, um, sports radio, and the last question they asked, will the Manny show be returning? And the answer we would get was like, you know what? We're gonna look at that position. We looking to upgrade it or do different things. So, um, to my knowledge, that's all I understood about the situation of me coming back or not. But that pretty much let me know my time in BC was done. Um, hearing that, but just to get an opportunity to go to Ryderville that's rich in history. Um, you know, pretty much missing missing last season due to an injury. You never know when that plays your last play, but just to get another opportunity to actually strap them back on and get out on the field, and it's a big part of it.
2: Are you? You know, you weren't healthy last year. Probably part yeah. of the reason that you you um, weren't offered a contract. Or you guys couldn't figure anything thing out in BC. Are you? Do you feel like you're still the number one, a number two receiver? And if you, if, if healthy and and you, you could have provided something for that team
1: and what you will provide for the Riders? Man, what's crazy is i never been a number two. It's just when I came in the league, I was under a Hall of Fame receiver named G-Roy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anywhere in that league right now, I can be a number one. And what's crazy is the number twos and number threes that made a good living off of me being a number one. But, um I'm going to show up in Regina healthy. Um, You know, fans and all of them being tweeting, saying he's ready for Labor Day or he'll miss the first half of the season. So I just want the fans just to stay put because when I'm ready, they'll know that I'm ready and um, they'll see what product shows up in Saskatoon or wherever they host training camp at.
2: We've had a lot of discussions, DJ. Recently, we've had this number one, number two receivers conversation. I guess guess we could ask a a number one guy, what... What makes a number one receiver? Why are you still the number one, Manny? What makes a number one? <laughs>
1: what what makes a number one is when you they actually have the game plan for you, when they actually worry about you, when you when you in a boundary and you got three to four defenders over you, and out of that four or three word about you, you are number one, because you know a lot of teams will say, hey, this is the side we're gonna roll to. We're gonna make them guys to the field beat us, because we know they're not capable of making those type of plays. So that's what makes you a number one, when it's your skill set and what you bring to the game can actually tear a defense apart. And, and, and half of the time, your play speaks for itself when determining you are number one, number two, number three. And a lot of guys, you know, it, it's just a waiting game and you got to wait your turn. So if you're a role player, embrace it. And one day you can become a number one or number two. But a lot of receivers are just good enough to be complementary receivers where we can get a little bit out of them here, a little bit out of them there. But it just comes with the territory because let me drop a ball. They finna raise hell on the media. Get him out of there. He didn't decline. He ain't got it no more. <laughs> Somebody missed five balls. Ah, he'll get it next week. He'll be all right. So... It's just the the hype that comes with it and and, and what's expected, the high expectations. A lot comes with a number one, and a lot of people aren't ready for that responsibility or the pressure to actually be in that spotlight as well.
0: The term I use is laser pointer guys, a guy who in the meeting room, that coordinator, that positional coach has to get that laser pointer out and and constantly be talking about that guy throughout the week. I, I, I feel like he's... He's emotionally he's ready to play. He wants Clay Brooks to have to use that laser pointer all week and then maybe go upstairs and be like, "Why didn't we sign this guy?
1: Cuz I can't and sleep because of him." I, if y'all if y'all was to text Clay Brooks or call him every time I played against him, I got one message for him. I'm gonna make him straighten his hat. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So so that's what I always talk. that's what I always tell Clay Brooks. All the times we'd have been in Calgary, I'd tell him like, "Coach, I'm gonna make you straighten that hat on that sideline." But, um, nah, it's, um, you know, he a good dude, good people. But it's just my job is to give D coordinator's hell, man, and just make their job that much harder. But um, but it just comes with the territory, like you say, that laser-pointer guy. Because when you're in the film room as an offense, it ain't the DBs so much you're worried about. It's the team. The pass rush is what you have to beat. So, um, yeah, you know who those laser-pointer guys are.
2: What do you make of, free agency. You've been around this league a long time. This year was a year like no other in regards to all the moves, all the moves they made, and obviously your BC Lions. What, you know, what's your take on this whole one-year contract thing with so many guys being up after one year, uh, the quarterback moves? What what was these, this last week and two weeks like for you watching all this?
1: Yeah, you know, it was pretty much exciting, man. You know, some people against free agency, some people like it, but um, man, it kind of sets the market and, and make it better for the next batch of athletes that's up and coming, cause you know numbers shoot up, and um, um it give other guys opportunities. Then you know, this was my first time ever being part of a free agency in the eight years I played, cause I've always extended or been with BCS one team, but now it was very exciting, man. Um. Just to see see the turnover, and then like you say, a lot of guys, because it kind of puts some in a bind. If you're not part of that sweet batch, you really don't know what to expect. You might be waiting until May or June to get a phone call to find out where you're gonna be playing. So most teams that go from having five free agents to hey, we got 34 guys and we need to sign. This a priority. This an in betweener, or we can care less where this guy go type of situation. But I think um, with the year of contracts, you know. For the players, and you know, financially, if it meet their needs, but for fans, I know they don't like the turnover, or they get to the, like a kid, like an athlete. Now he's gone, so I guess um, it just leaves a little instability for the fans and the jersey numbers and a quick turnover. But you know, free agency sometimes can make or break a person, and for some of them, it just gives them that financial stability.
0: The other thing we saw was those quarterbacks—they—they—they they, they secured the bag, like they <laughs> hey. took all the money.
1: <laughs> um,
0: there, there's one, though, that, that has a nice resume that's still out there that's thrown some dimes to you. His name's Travis Lule, also coming back from an injury. Be his agent for a minute. What would a team get if they brought Travis Lule into the building?
1: Man, they already know what they're going to get bringing Travis Lule in the building. T. Lou, my guy, you know, we came in together, so it's not a question what he can do. But like they say, man, the best of um, ability is availability. And that's the major concern with Travis Lule and the luck he's had over the past five, six seasons with the injuries that come and go. So, you know, once you get up in age, but he's a seasoned vet at the quarterback position. So it's kind of different when dealing with injuries from that that, um, position. But if they was to bring Travis in, Travis is still a number one quarterback in my eyes. It's just... The football guys and injuries just haven't blessed my man over the past several seasons. But they know what they're getting, and, and and GM's not stupid.
2: Hmm. Uh, your your other quarterback you've been with for the last few years
1: that's Jonathan Jennings. He's on his way uh-huh. to,
2: to to Ottawa. Uh, what yeah. are they gonna expect from 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 JJ?
1: Shit, I talked to Jennings almost every other day. I told him I was like, man, just go out there, do what you do, man. We we didn't seen you when you was at the top of your game, and we didn't seen you when you didn't just been horrible. So it's just going out there and having that confidence and and doing what it is he do. Don't overthink nothing. Have that confidence and just play. And I think that's what it is with, with Jennings, just going out there, being for sure in itself, and having a supporting cast, guys that believe in you, because. In sports, it's crazy lining up knowing that you got half of the room thinking this and the other half thinking that, especially from that position. So he going to have a good little battle because, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Dominique kid, you know, they say it should be a fair shot because he's waited. So it's on him. You know, it's out there. Like, hey, y'all going to have to compete, and we're going to pick a number one.
2: Manny, you said that you've seen J.J. be great. you seen him being terrible. What makes... Yeah him great what's what does he do when he's great what makes him great and what when he struggles what does he struggle with
1: hey when, when JJ been at the top of his game he played football flat out whether he had to scramble and throw whether he dropped back throw he played football the energy and he was locked in when you seen JJ tr- be in a part where he struggled it was the inconsistency you know what I'm saying throwing off the back foot maybe not making a make Making the right read or just something doesn't seem right, you know, Um, and, you know, some guys play through injuries. He'd have been banged up at times, but it took away from what did he what he does. And that's getting the ball downfield. So it's just the confidence, man, that I would say the biggest factor with um, Jennings when he's in a pocket because the kid got a whole lot of potential and upside.
0: You mentioned confidence. Yeah, I mean, I've been around the game for a while. Something happened this year that I don't think I've ever seen, where the GM openly talked about the quarterback while he was still the <laughs> starting quarterback. Never seen that. Movie. Never, ever, ever seen that. I've never seen something so <laughs> the messy. Night before the game. Yeah, hey. to, to the point where his agent had to say something. Um, what what was that, that locker room like when
1: that when that dropped? Man, like like. Uh, episode of TMZ. That's what it was (laughs) like. Like, Hey man, did he really say that? Or is this going on? But nah, man, you know, that was one of the moments, man, that like right there, what do you expect this guy to do? Do he go out there and play for his pride or like, you know what? Screw up with said. I'm gonna still go out there and do me. I got nothing to lose. Or do you go out there Am I really the leader of this team? So it's a lot of questions going through your head as a quarterback, and your GM makes that kind of statement. So it's a matter of do I even really want to be here, or how fast can I hurry up and get through this season other than just going out saying I'm going to lead the B.C. Lions. You worried about everything else because if that's what's said and you know i'm really not your guy do i really want to play for you so it was a whole lot of that going on and what's crazy i think he actually had a good game after that if i'm mistaken (laughs) when that happened but now it was just a crazy incident man that that just happened with the gm and one of his players
2: man if you're warming up for the the game (laughs) i I put my i put myself in that situation if i come to the stadium i come to bc place uh, come through Yale town. I got my backpack. I walk in the locker room. I hear these comments. Now you walk out to the, you walk out for pre pre pregame warming up. If you see the GM uh, of, of the team, after you've heard those comments and you're him, do you confront him and talk to him about it right then and there, or do you play the game first and leave it alone?
1: Man, we're gonna talk before the game and after the game. But you gotta realize I'm a man, I'm a man just like you, a man. You know what I'm saying? We put our pants on one leg at a time, and that's an issue that shouldn't be taken to the to the computer screen or to the you know to the media, period. So I wanna see you right now. So I be like, hey, I got a second, because in pregame you ain't doing nothing anyway. Listen to music, you're on the headphones, but we need to talk. This ain't got nothing to do with the game. They they gonna sing old Canada in about forty-five minutes. So look, we need to talk about this. Then after the game, we need to talk again, cause I need a little bit more clarity. Cause before the game, you are gonna give me this this little fast version of it. So now I wanna address it, cause you a man at the end of the day, and it's about respect. You had zero respect for me to say that. Period. You see what I'm saying? Or if that's how you, are, that's just how you are.
2: The subliminals Manny referred to earlier, DJ. Where do you think they're going when the when when the riders and lines meet in the season? I, I, I think I have an, idea. Have an we, idea. We
0: we have a saying keep that same energy. I think I think Manny's just saying you need to you need to keep that same energy. You must see TV. When, when you see me. Man, look,
1: my energy don't change, but look, this is what you tell them. Look, it ain't about me when we play BC. It's about getting this victory with my team. So don't make it about me. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I
0: I'm waiting for that end zone celebration we'll see we'll see how much it's about you and that team but you know what i think there is a a comp that we have here and you mentioned him off the top and g-roy being that that number one and last i recall g-roy simon hall of fame career in bc leaves, ends it as a rider believe they went on to win a great cup believe he beasted in that great cup and if memory serves me correct, I think they hosted that that great cup. Who? Um, facts, facts, <laughs> and facts. I'm just I'm, history
1: I'm just say- repeats itself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm just saying, are are you are you trying to set up your your roy like kind of fairy tale uh, ending?
1: Man, listen, hey, that would be nice, and I wouldn't be mad at all if it went down like that. So um, I'm looking forward to whatever. But man, it's just the fact of getting there and winning it that's more important to me, man. You know, after all the trash talk and all that, it'll be nice to have your name on that um, on that trophy, man. And looking back, saying, you know what, I was a great cup champion at one point in my career. So that's what it's all about, man. Just trying to get a chance to hold that thing up.
0: And lastly, before we let you go, yeah. you, you, you played for an entire province before, but th- when you play in Saskatchewan, it's a bit different. Those yeah. fans are a bit different. Uh, I remember Ricky Foley saying he wishes that every CFL player got the chance to play uh, in saskatchewan for for the riders. what What do you want to say to Rider Nation about what they're about to get and what that experience is going to be like?
1: Man, Rider Nation know what they about to get. So I'm just ready for Rider Nation to embrace me and welcome me with open arms and let me be a part of the party for when we coming out to that, bring them out and then, the smoke and everything coming out the tunnel. Now I ain't gotta sit over there and halfway jam. I can jam cause the music being played for me. But now nah, I'm excited, man. No lie, I'm just excited, man, just to get back out there. Period. So we are gonna see. Well, I'm I'm happy the
0: riders gave you your green. Uh, now I'm looking forward to see you in green. Um, this is this is going to be a show. For sure.
2: It is going to be the Manny Show. And, and Manny, congrats on uh, on your success. NBC, a great career and, and continued success in, in your new landing spot in Saskatchewan. Thanks for taking time to join us today on The Waggle.
1: Yeah, appreciate you, fellas, man. Appreciate you.
0: So we heard it from him. My guy is motivated. Yes. I mean, we we did that interview on Skype, but he might as well have been in the gym. I can't wait to see Manny on the field. Is that a game that you'll miss? No. First no. time the Lions and I them line we up? We talked about what time and what day's games are. I don't care if that game is on Wednesday. Right. was on Thursday, on Friday, or Saturday, I will be watching all games that have BC and Saskatchewan playing. Seems like
2: he's spitting a little bit of hot venom up towards the... Uh, newish management that didn't necessarily want uh, to have or think that he was still a number one or number
0: two receiver. And that's, he's not alone. Well, Well, he said he made twos and threes what they are. Right. And if memory serves correct, they paid Burnham Mm -hmm. to stay. They let Manny go. And then, nobody likes this, then they signed what for me is a younger version of him. They said, okay, we'll deal with one loud, demonstrative receiver. His name's Drawn Carter. Oh, yeah. BC yeah. said, we'll get the new yeah. version of Manny, yeah. and we'll let the old and, and injured version go. I can't wait. I mean, because both guys love to talk. I cannot wait for the BC Riders games this year. There's We see this
2: over and over again. Two things we see consistently in pro football every year. GMs that want to get rid of older players who feel like they can't produce anymore. No matter how long you've been with the organization, no matter what you've done for for a team, no matter what numbers you put up, at some point, they're not going to want you anymore. And the other side is the player who always feels like they still got something left, that they're underappreciated, that they still can be that guy and the team's quitting on them too early. That we always hear. But what we heard this week, which is different, is the player voicing it and letting it be known, not saying what's politically correct. Manny's pissed. He is going to show it when he plays against his former team. He's still a number one. And those who don't think he is, he's going to show you. And that, to me,
0: makes this must-see TV. Oh, 100%. Motivation is a hell of a performance-enhancing drug. It really is. And we've seen this before, and I'm calling it right now. When Montreal said, S.J. Green, you're older, you're injured, you can move on, what did S.J. do? He had the best year in his career, ended it with a great cup. I don't know if it's going to end with a great cup, but I think Manny Arsenal is going to go S.J. on them and have one of, if not the best year in his career. But let us know what you think. Like, favorite, share, subscribe listen to the podcasts over and over and over again, get those numbers up and hit us up get at us on Twitter at Donovan Bennett, at Davey Sanchez correct? Church. Let us know what you think because this is why we do this we do it for you Um, and is motivation your performance enhancing drug? Mine is seeing you in my mentions so let me know what you think of the podcast (laughs) this has been the Waggle brought to you by Sport Clips, thanks for listening